Welcome to the Fire Church Podcast. Today we pray Holy Spirit will speak through this message and into your life right where you are. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Fire Church, for inviting me and my husband to come and share what's been upon um, our hearts for this season. It's beautiful to be in a place that honors Jesus. Amen. Amen. So I got introduced as the athlete, Nicola, which some of you might know me from the TV. It's interesting meeting people and they know more about you and you don't know their names. And so um, I apologize if I don't know you personally yet, but we have the same heart and the same Lord. So I'm sure we'd get along very well. And welcome to the kids that have come to the service today. I hope you enjoy um, my story. Amen. The calling of God upon your life would look very different to each person. And it might look different than what you would expect or dream out of your life. But in this world, there is space for everyone to live out their calling from God. Not everyone can be the president of a nation. Not everybody can be an Olympic gold medalist. But when you have a calling of God upon your life, there is space for you to not only live with a passion, but a purpose that transcends this life and goes into eternity. When you know God, you're not afraid to go all in for him. When you know the love of God, you're not afraid to yield your life and what you believe your life's purpose is into his hands. To entrust our lives to him comes from knowing him. Not just knowing of God, but knowing him deeply and personally. There was a moment in my life, which I'll speak about a bit later, that changed the, tra- the trajectory of my life. And the verse that really helped me was this. It was in 1 John chapter 4. And I'm just going to read from verse 16 if you have your Bibles open. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God. And God abides in him. By this is love perfected with us so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment because as he is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love because perfect love casts out fear. Fear has to do with punishment and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. You can live a life motivated and propagated by the purpose that God has, which is love. Jesus is love and his love will bring you forward. If you knew the depth of love, you wouldn't be afraid to give him every single thing in your life without holding anything back. To truly know him is to truly trust him with everything. 
Now I've been told um, there's been a lot of people asking questions of how tall I am, so I'm going to get out that for the first thing. Um, I'm 186 centimetres uh, tall, which is almost six foot two. My husband is 197 centimetres tall. The Lord does provide. <laughs> but when I was born, I was the longest baby born in the hospital. I was 61 centimetres long. And the woman said, oh no, you know, but I was, I was a long baby. And I then just grew tall. I stopped growing at 14 years of age. So I was already this tall, almost in primary school. So growing up, I just... I, th I thought there has to be a reason and a purpose for why am I so tall? You know, I tried to find things through modelling. I thought maybe that might be it or through sports. And everything that I tried to do, I just wasn't the right fit or I wasn't the right shape or the talent. And so I was still going on this purpose. But deeper than that, I wanted to know why I was alive. You know, even as a child, you have this... You have this notion that you want to know why you're alive. You want to know your purpose. You want to, of course, make your parents proud and you want to make people around you feel like they're um, encouraged. But there was something deeper than me. And so I tried to get people to like me as a, as a kid because I was so different. I would always get bullied. And the thing that helped me get liked by people was my talent. Um, I was talented in jumping over random things. <laughs> so at the school athletics carnival in year two, I won pretty much every event. And um, my dad looked at me and he just like, oh, she's going to be an athlete. And so I started at Little Athletics. And it was there that I started to have this dream for my life. People were starting to incorporate me and I felt like I belonged for the first time because I had these enormous legs but that could jump over this bar and I felt like this was my purpose in life. And when you think you've got a purpose in life, you attach your future to it. And so what I did as an eight-year-old, I mapped up out an entire direction of my life. What I wanted to do was to be an Olympian. I wanted to be the first woman to jump over two metres. I wanted to live in Europe and have this Olympic coach and have everything provided for me. And that one day I would have a partner that was also a high jumper. And, you know, like I, I just, I dreamed this up at eight years old. Could you imagine that at such a young age I could have the foresight to think like that? But I did. So what happened after that, right? I'm eight years old and I've got these dreams. Well, I then keep training and I start doing one day a week, two days a week, and it increases and increases. And I was going on towards the journey of my big goal and my big dream. Well, at 11 years old, my, my parents decided to take me out of the school that I was in and bring me into a new school. And I was in year six and I was the only school, um, school kid starting that year. And I remember feeling so overwhelmed of, oh, how am I going to make them like me? Because they don't know I'm good at jumping over stuff. They don't know that, you know, that, that's how I made friends. And so I felt very vulnerable. And I remember looking at myself in the mirror and saying, don't worry, one day you're going to be, you know, people will like you and you're going to be bullied and you're going to be teased, but it's okay, you can get through this. 
and I, and I spoke myself up. And as I walked into that school, something happened. Everybody loved me. I was almost six foot going into year six, right? I looked like the BFG. And I walked in and people loved me and it broke something inside of me. I went, how could people love me when I know I'm so different? They don't have to. There's no teachers around trying to force them. What is it? And on the first day of year six, my teacher told me, we love because Jesus loves us. And at 11 years of age, I'd, I'd experienced enough to know what's true and what's not. Because truth is eternal. And when you just experience that, the overwhelming love of Jesus just came into my heart. And I'm like, I don't know Jesus, but this love is more real than anything I've experienced in my whole 11 years. And I need to follow this. So I got given a Bible and my life because I found my purpose for why I was alive. I found Jesus. It's beautiful. So as a high school student, right, I was young in faith and I started reading the Bible and I started getting a hunger for it. And I was going to different youth groups because I wasn't in a church. I wasn't in a family that, um, that was born again. And so I was navigating this. And I remember going to a few youth groups and I would read the Bible and I would read the power and the fire that was in the Bible. But then I wasn't seeing it in front of me. And I was, I was hearing people say that what you see in the Bible isn't um, relevant to today. You know, the, the gifts and the power and the miracles, that's no longer happening. But truth is eternal, right? And deep down I knew even as like a teenager, no, there has to be more than this because I know he's real. And it says that his character never changes. It says that this word never changes. There has to be more. And as I was going around as a teenager, at 16 years of age, I'd have one of my school best friends say, hey, can you come to this youth group with me? Um, I like one of the boys there and I don't want to go by myself. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'll come. And as I went to this youth group, I was seeing people preach the gospel in a way that they believed every single word of this Bible. I was seeing them being prayed and it was filled with the Spirit and we'd go out into the streets as youth and preach the gospel. And it was there that I, I got this hunger and this fire came in. It was a holy fire that came upon my heart. And I went, this, this is the real thing. This is why I'm alive. And I remember a few, a few times after that, my friend, um, she wasn't interested in that guy anymore, so she left. And um, her brother was there. He's like, I'm so sorry. She's not here. And I'm like, I didn't come for the boys. I didn't come for that. I came for Jesus. <laughs> and I said to the Lord, I am here for you. I'm here for you. And once you get, and then after that, it sort of, things got opened up. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I got this in, intimate relationship with God that, that it, he was so close. He was, the experience was more real to me than the people around me. It, he's more real to me than my appearance. And, 
He got to the, fo the center of my life. He was the center. That's what we sing about. And when you get to that stage, it's like, this is what living's about. But I'll say this, that I was having all of these amazing growth and experience with God. I was in this, but at the same time, there was that sporting dream, right? That eight-year-old blueprint that, I, that I'd made. I was, it was there. And what happens when you have a dream for your life and you've had experiences with God? At a young, as a young person, this is what I calculated in my head that I would use what God's promises and truth he had given me to fuel my own desires and my own dream for life. I didn't realize that that was incorrect at that time, right? As a teenager or as someone that's just starting out in faith, you have these amazing experiences with God. You, ex you, just, you get to know him. You encounter Jesus. You find what you were born for. But then in the back of your mind, you're trying to plan out your own future. It comes from not knowing him in a de deep way. So what happened? By the time I was 20, I had everything that I had dreamed of when I was eight. I was in Europe. I'd have a partner who was also a high jumper. I was with an Olympic coach. I was on the, the road to be jumping um, at the Olympics, right? I had done everything that I had planned, but I was miserable, right? Because when I was overseas, I realized that God wasn't in it. I had used my own, um, I'd used God in order to get me there, but it wasn't for him. It was, I was trying to use God in order to get to a dream that I had for my life. So what happened? Start of 2017, at 20 years of age, I made a decision. I was like, all right, either... I keep going down this and maybe I'm not feeling good because, you know, like it's just an adjustment or the fire that I experienced as a teenager wrecked me for anything less than the holiness of God. I had this two things. I'm like, it's either God or it's sport, right? It's either my plan or his plan. And I've been doing my plan and it's not working. I, and I had this, this is what it happens when you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. It starts off small, but it, as a fire, it just grows bigger and bigger. And the hunger that you have, the, the desire that you have to, to partner with God and to do things that are supernatural on this earth as it is in heaven. It's like the prayers that you pray and the songs that you sing go deeper and deeper. It grows this well up inside of you. And I just couldn't pretend anymore that that wasn't the, the main thing in my life. And so I left. I left Germany. I came to Australia. And I was at a stage where I'm like, God, whatever it looks like, I want to be all in. I don't care about sport anymore. I don't care about my education. I don't care about what it looks like. I left it all and I just wanted to serve him. And it's at that place of surrender that the Lord spoke to me. And he's like, now, I want you to go back to sport. And I was like, oh. And he's like, but this time do it my way. It was with God, for God. Changes everything. And I'll say this, when I got to that moment of surrender, that's when the power of God came upon my life in a mighty way. I have this scripture up that spoke to me, and it's in Romans 1 verse 16. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, 
for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. He says for everyone who believes in this moment, you could have had experiences with God, you could have had moments or encounters, but then sort of going along your own path. But it's that moment when you go, I'm believing God for who he is, who he says he is, who his love is, his promises are. I'm trusting all of him. Now I'm ready to, to, to move whatever way that you want. What calling do you have for my life, God? And he wanted me back in sport. In 2017, I didn't know what that looked like. And so what did I do? I just started gathering believers. And I said, okay, like whoever wants to, whoever wants to worship Jesus with me in sport, even if I posted a Bible verse and an athlete liked it on Facebook, I was straight into their DMs. I was like, come on, like let's go, let's worship God. And I wasn't, I wasn't ranked as a high athlete at this stage. I was just training each day and I was doing uni and I was starting this ministry I was, I was like in the Asbury Revival where it says they were the nameless and faceless generation. That was me. But I just wanted to worship him with what I had. I didn't know what it looked like, but I just wanted to use it. By the time I started in 2017, we'd had around 50 people around Australia. And then miraculously, I went from a, a ranking of the 100th athlete in, in the world to the top 30 in the world. And I got selected to go to the world championships. And then each year, my personal best for, for high jump went from 188 to 190, to 191, to 196, 198. And within four years, I went from barely making it to the world championship to being on the podium at the Olympic Games. I'm saying this because when you are in the calling of the Lord for your life, your personal calling, the purpose that God has for you, the gifts and the talents he has placed. He's placed a lot of talents in each one of us, but it's just finding the one that he's wanting to use. And for me, it was that high jump gifting that when I gave it into his hands, he gave me the power of God. He made my muscles grow in a way that my coach couldn't have trained them to. He gave me a spring in my step that literally confuses most high jump coaches of how does she jump as high as she can because I'm being lifted by his very power. His word is our, is his promise and his life is our life now. Everything that he has done in my life, I want to bear testimony to his character that he is good. And that's what a life of fire sort of started changing me and renewing me. And I just got this fire then to, when I train, I no longer train for myself. I train for him. In high jump, the, the best thing is, is it is the most technical event that you can't think, right? You just have to do it. So it's easy to rely on God. But when the bar is low, this is one of the hardest things for me as an athlete. When the bar is low, I can try and use my own strength to get over the bar. But as soon as that bar gets raised up, I no longer can rely on my own strength. I have to rely on Jesus. 
And I just want to encourage each one of you here today, when you're living a life that the Lord has called you to, raise the bar to the point where you can't do it by yourself. There's a holiness that comes upon your life. A fire from God that only he gets the glory. Sport has been such a beautiful um, platform to share the gospel. Because when people see me, my prayer is that people will see his love and him through me. And it can be so easy to do when you surrender everything. But it's that moment of surrender that most people don't want to do. It's daily taking up that cross and daily surrendering it. And in sport, it's easy to do because you have billions of people watching with the cameras each year. But in a personal life, I love that Alex said it first here, that Jesus sees everything. He sees the thoughts. He sees the patterns that no one else can see, not even the closest person in your life can see. And I can live in a life that is filled with light and this fire that's burning deep in my soul because everything that I do, I do knowing that Jesus is watching. And when, again, it says God is love, there is no fear in punishment. He understands every part, every weakness and every strength that we have. But his his power is made perfect in our weaknesses. So when we live in a life that is fully surrendered to him, we're not afraid of him knowing everything. And you can live out a life completely exposed and yet you feel more free than you've ever felt before. It's an amazing exchange that he has for us. But what fills you to keep on going and to keep burning bright? It's the oil of the spirit inside of you. Jesus, when he was speaking these sermons on the mount, he was saying to us, give. Like if you've got two two tunics or two jackets, give one away. Your possessions here don't, don't equate to the possessions that are in heaven. Your treasure's in heaven. But something that he said in a parable, which I'm just going to read out, it talks about ten bridesmaids having this, this oil with the lamp, right? And in order for them to be prepared to go to a wedding feast, they needed to have this oil that they could light up. Five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. The wise took extra oil just in case the groom took a while to get there. And what happened is, I'll just read it from um, for ch- Matthew chapter 25, verse 8. It says, The foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy them to- for yourselves. Jesus was saying, you can give everything away, but don't give the oil of the Spirit away. Don't give that oil that God has given you, that that purpose time that He has given you with Him, the priority that Jesus has in your life. Give everything away, but don't you dare give that away. Because that is the thing that will sustain you to keep running the race that He has portioned for you in your life. You 
can give everything away, the dreams and the desires that you have for your own heart, but giving it to God is the most important. It can be so easy even for me as an athlete. I see the need of people all around me every day, every time I go overseas. And I just want to invest my time and my life into serving them. But I have to remind myself that God is at the number one. God is always at the top. Because I know that when I serve him first, he'll lead me to the right people. He will lead me to the right ways. But if I try and please everybody around me, I'll lose the oil that God had given me. You need to keep burning bright for him. And that fire, that, that, that inkling, don't let anybody water that down. Wherever he leads you in this life, there's going to be people trying to tell you that the word of God isn't relevant anymore or that he doesn't do those miracles anymore. I want to tell you, he still moves. The calling that God had upon my life in 2017 to do sport for him and with him. Let me tell you, he gave me three dreams. The first dream he gave me, he said, you're going to be an Olympian one day. And I was like, oh, okay. I was ranked 100th in the world. Or I was like, okay, well, that's going to have to be God. The second was like, you're going to be married one day. And I'm married to a godly man that was at the same youth group I said I wasn't interested in boys. God gave me eyes to see. Amen. And the third, and the third vision was this, that he said, you will be preaching in the stadiums that you are competing in of the, a message of revival. And I didn't know what that meant back then. And I didn't see in myself, how can me just going to training every day go up to that stadium filled with worshippers? Shouldn't I just go to a ministry school? Shouldn't I go far away? But God said, stay on my path and I will lead you. I will guide you. And so often God's calling upon our lives will look different. Sometimes he will use you to pave the way for other people. And it doesn't look, it doesn't look like it, it should. But don't let anybody tell you that by doing the will of your will of um, the calling that God has given you, the God that that does miracles. Don't let them say that you have to do another path or another way in order to get to what God's calling you to. You follow his way. Even if it looks like you're going to a, a different location, a different work, he has a purpose in place for you, but you have to be committed to saying yes and going all in. That's what the fire of God does inside of us. And I just have this one last story that's in 1 Kings 18. And it talks about this prophet of Elijah. And there were prophets in, in the land that worshipped this other god called the god of Baal. And, they, and Elijah said, all right, we're going to prove which one is the god, the Lord Almighty, right? We've got, we're going to have this, this big sacrifice here. And we're going to ask God to come down and rain down fire. And the fire will burn up this sacrifice. And whichever God does this must be the one that's alive, the one that rules supreme above everything. And these other prophets, there was 450 men and Elijah was by himself. 
450 men try to conjure up these prayers to a God that didn't hear because he didn't exist. And Elijah was just having fun with them. He's like, look, maybe he's on the toilet. You're just going to have to yell a bit louder. It's all in here, 1 Kings 18. Anyway, and in that moment when Elijah came and he said, Lord, I'm trying to show these people that you are the God of Israel. You are the one, the true, the Lord God Almighty. Show yourself to them, right? And he said, and it's in verse 38, it says, Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust. It licked up the water surrounding it. And when all the people saw this, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. It's like in this moment, the power of God was shown through Him. And I, like, I just want to encourage you guys right now that the fire of God and the power of God comes upon you when you are in the will of God for your life. When you are in His calling for your life. We're hearing ministries and revivals in America. And fire doesn't have to have a path in order to burn it. There's this thing that um, a friend told me in Queensland that when a bushfire is gaining momentum, it can actually be picked up by the wind and carried by a wind current. So it doesn't need to have trees around it. It can burn the tops of the trees, but not the bottom of the trees. Why can't the fire of God from America cross with the wind of the Spirit over to Australia? Why can't it? We have seen miracles. We have seen that the fire of God has been used in order to show His magnitude, His marvel, His beauty. And why can't He be seen through us today, church? When we are living, repentance is this, to turn from your own ways and to turn towards God's ways. We're living as believers, fully convinced that the power of God is alive today. Amen. We're living that He is here. His presence is here. But we're praying for something greater. That everyone that hears the name of the Lord would be unashamed of the gospel and turn to Him and give Him the glory. I have seen it in the sporting sphere. But I believe that it's coming into so many other spheres, more than we could possibly imagine. But that holy fire needs to start from the inside out. It needs to start from a personal revelation, and then it goes towards a congregation, and then it goes towards a nation. It has to come from inside. And we want that, but it starts here and it starts now. Before 2017, I was a Christian, but I was one that was just trying to get through life the way that I wanted it to. And I was very happy to add God to the equation. But he used me and he showed his magnificent power through me when I decided to lay it all down for him. And that's what I want to go after this morning, church. And to do that, I thought I'd invite my husband, Reese up, because he's pretty beautiful at being able to do this sort of things. So in order to do this, I thought we'd, um, I'd start off and just firstly 
where you're at, I always want to give the opportunity. If someone is here today, and I've just been talking about the fire of God, um, something that has changed my life, has renewed it and ignited something inside of me that I could never burn out. I want to give the opportunity, um, especially with the worship team coming up here now, for people that have never made a decision, or you might have made a decision long ago and walked away, but today you've just turned up to Fire Church, and I want to say welcome. Today is an opportunity like I had in 2017 to go, I, want, I don't just want in, I want all in. Making a decision for Jesus was the reason why I, am, I was alive and I am alive today. Making a decision came from this, experiencing the love of God. God is love. He cannot waver from it. He will love you because He loves you. He will never waver from that love for you no matter what you do in your life. But today is an opportunity for people that have not made that decision to choose Jesus as their Lord and Saviour to do it. Jesus came on this earth for us. He came for you. He didn't come because He had to, but because He desired to bring you home. He saw that in our own strength, we could never live a day without making a mistake. We could never live a day without making sin separate us from God. And the debt just keeps on getting bigger and bigger and bigger every day that we live. But Jesus came as a pure sacrifice, one that would always come in the time of need for us. He came to save us because He lived a sinless life, because He is God. Jesus came in perfect love to redeem us from a world that could never give us the love that our hearts so deeply desire. Jesus came so that we would have a second chance and a third chance and a 1,000th chance to live a life with God and intimate with God. And so I want to make an, an opportunity for you. If you have never made that decision for God, in a moment I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. And when you raise your hand, I'm going to lead you into a prayer to unite you with Jesus so that you would have a personal relationship with God, not only for this life, but for the life to come when you die and you raised up again in heaven with Him where there is no sickness, no pain, no separation, no depression. Amen. So for those who want to make a decision, I just ask you to raise your hand right now. Amen. people that have raised their hands I'm going to ask you to do something that's really bold I'm just going to ask you to stand where you are 
And if you stand where you are, it's a sign of boldness to say, I'm not going back, I'm going all in. I'm going all in, 100%. And you know what? As a church, why don't we pray this with them, the ones that have made a decision today. Lord Jesus, thank You for coming to earth. Thank You for living a perfect life. And thank You for dying on the cross for me. Thank You that You took away all my sins. Thank You that You were the sacrifice so that I can live in perfect relationship with with God. Thank You that You rose again from the grave. I believe that You are alive today. And I pray that I can live today in full revelation of of who You are. And that I might live for eternity worshipping you all my days. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Oh, I just really feel like there's an invitation here from the Lord. You know, Nicola's just shared a testimony, her story, and the overwhelming theme of her story is firstly surrender it's surrender you know the one thing that Jesus requires and desires more than anything is your heart and just like there's so many times that we can come to these moments and we come before Him and we say, what can I do? You know, like the young rich ruler, he said, what can I I do? What can I bring? And I really feel like the Lord is telling, saying right now, all I want is your heart. All I want is for you to surrender, put your tools down, all those those beautiful um, tools that you have. And He just wants you to know that you are the tool in His hand and He is the mighty and beautiful carpenter. And He will create. So I wanna give an invitation. This isn't a salvation call, but this is an all in call. This is, I am called to step out. I am called to be the light of the world, to shine bright for all to see. To make this declaration like Nicola did in 2017, where she said, I just want you, Jesus. I lay out down all my desires and I make you my desire. And Jesus went, finally, now I can use you because you're mine.
so again, I'm going to give you this invitation. And what I'm going to ask you to do is to stand. And this takes so much, so much courage. But standing is your physical. It's, uh, at, at Bethel, they got this physical obedience, brings spiritual release. When you stand, you're make, you've already begun that declaration of surrender. You're already coming before the Father and saying, Lord, I am yours, and I just want to be the tool in your hand right now. Now you might have stand, stood and you're going, okay, what can I do? What can I do? And I'm like, no. I want you to say to your brain, not now. This is not a time for you, brain. This is a time for the heart. And you say, heart. I give you permission. I give you permission. We don't, we're not going, what door do we need to go to? Jesus says, I am the door. I am the door. I'm all you need. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And I feel like there's this thought inside of some people to say that, oh, you've already done this. Nothing happened. I want to rebuke that thought right now. That is from the enemy. That is not from the Lord. One touch. One opportunity where you let Him in. I grew up in church. I gave my heart to the Lord a hundred times. Not even kidding. But that time where I was in the grass of my, in my backyard and I just said, Lord, I give you everything. I give you my heart. I surrender to you. And I'm like, I got saved when I was about 17. Grew up in church my whole life. Maybe 18, I don't know. This is a powerful declaration. This is a declaration to say, Jesus, I am yours. Oh, he, he already, you already belong to him. You've, you're saved. This is different. This is set my heart on fire. Give me the burdens that you're carrying. Like Simeon, when Jesus was carrying the cross and Simeon came in and he lifted the cross off Jesus. The burdens that Jesus is carrying for the world that he loves, for the people that he loves with all his heart, you're saying, give me these burdens. Give me this, this hunger. So I just want you to put out your hand, raise your hand, and we're just going to pray right now. We're going to invite the one person who can do this. Holy Spirit. Wonderful Holy Spirit. Oh, we come before you. We lay our tools down at your feet. 
We say we don't know what to do. We don't know how to do it, but we know that you are able and you are trustworthy with our heart. And I ask right now, Holy Spirit, that you would just come with fire upon this this church right now. Fire upon this church right now in your name. God, I pray that you would just raise up, raise up people right now, children of God who who are not fearful, but are filled with courage. Raise them up, Holy Spirit. Come upon them with such power. Touch them, Holy Spirit. Touch them. These are your people. Hallelujah. These are your vessels that you get to fill to an overflow. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Touch them, Holy Spirit. Touch them, Holy Spirit. Oh, praise you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Move on them with such power. Oh, fan into flame the fire that you've bur- it's burning bright within them, Lord Jesus that like Nicola was saying, may it become like a bushfire. May it be a fire that is joined together and and may it just go through this nation, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, give us your heart, Lord. Give us your heart, our heart. Our heart is yours, Jesus. Our heart is yours. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Love you, Lord. Just start saying how much you love him. Just put on your lips the name of Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. Oh, we honor you this morning. Come on, louder. Louder so your neighbor can hear. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. We give you our lives, Lord Jesus. We honor you. We honor you with our hearts, Lord. We praise your name. You're the only one who can do it. We love you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. So good. Friends, can we give it up for Nicola and Reese? Thank you for joining us today. To learn more about Fire Church, head to our website, firechurch.com.au. And don't forget to connect with us on social media, on Instagram, fire.church, Facebook, Fire Church, and YouTube, Fire Church TV. Have a blessed week.